The best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. Yes, hello there. You are very welcome to the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast with myself, Jamie Moore, being recorded on the road this week ahead of two cracking FAI Cup semi-finals. We've got Bohemians against Shamrock Rovers at Dalyman Park on Friday before Sligo Rovers host Dundalk on Monday. We'll have live reports on Off The Ball from both of those games. And we're going to preview those matches with men from all four clubs. The Sligo Rovers manager, Liam Buckley. Bohemians vice-captain, Keith Buckley, will be here. And we'll also hear from the Shamrock Rovers head coach, Stephen Bradley. And loads of people from Dundalk, of course, after a massive game on Monday night at Oriel Park, where Dundalk claimed their fifth league title in six years. We're going to hear from Vinnie Pert, John Gill, Sean Hoare, and also the Dundalk chairman, Mike Tracy. That's on the league title success. But of course, their eyes are fully focused on this FAI Cup semi-final on Sunday with the chance, of course, to move one step closer to a possible historic treble. And Shelburne, the League of Ireland First Division champions, lifted the league trophy at Talca Park on Friday in front of a good crowd, a really good crowd actually. And Dean Delaney played his last ever game in League of Ireland football. The 39-year-old former Bohemians and Shelburne goalkeeper will sit down with me for a chat as well about his career and hopes to stay involved in the game. That's all on the way on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast, but only one place to start. It's at Oriel Park on Monday, where Dundalk lifted the league trophy, or at least they claimed it. They lifted at their last home game of the season, but a 3-2 win over Rovers. Men is the fifth title in six years, and two in a row for the Lily Whites. The Off The Ball Podcast Network. Dundalk are the 2019 SSE Artricity League Premier Division champions. They've beaten Shamrock Rovers by three goals to two here in front of 3,634 fans at Oriel Park. It's their fifth league title in six seasons and their second in a row. They were two about the breakthrough headers from Sean Hoare and Robbie Benson before Rovers got one back via Aaron Green. And then a goal of the season contender from Michael Duffy in the 60th minute top corner from 25 yards right footed. That made it 3-1. Rovers made things nervy towards the end making it 3-2. Sean Hoare lost the ball in the box. Graham Burke found Aaron McInef and his shot flew into the bottom corner of the net. But in the end, it didn't matter. It ended 3-2 to Dundalk. They are league champions again for 2019. And a chance, of course, to win a treble as well. They're already League Cup and League champions. And they will now face Sligo Rovers away in the FAI Cup semi-final on Sunday. As for Shamrock Rovers, their season's not over just yet either. They are going to be in FAI Cup semi-final action themselves this Friday against bitter rivals Bowls. But as for tonight, Dundalk, the 2019 LOI champions and the chance of Championé, Championé continue here at a packed Oriel Park. So with Dundalk first team coach, no, head coach Vinnie Perts, title manager, what's the actual title? I need to remember, because I just said John Gale was first team coach, you're head coach and you're a league winner, congratulations. Yeah, but in all of that, don't forget Rory Higgins, he's the assistant manager and I've been that soldier here for six, seven years and Rory is, you know, is forgotten about sometimes fellas in that position and he drives us, he's the one that gets the players going Monday morning and um, ultimately this is it. This has always been about the group and um, we've lost a lot of big names out of the group over years like Tell, Finn, Boyle, Horgan and we've just kept going and um, the, group has, the group has been brilliant this year and we deserve all the credit. We're probably an hour and 15, an hour and 20 after the game Vinny, you've done lots of media, have you had a chance yet to speak to the players, speak to the staff, say well done? No, not really, um, you know, other than hugging it out with them. I suppose a, a phone call from home, and that's the only phone call I've, I've sort of taken. And very emotional that, you know, friends and family are, for them, it probably in one sense means more because they know how hard I, I have to work to, to achieve my goals. So, uh, really, you know, special night, special night for the group. And yeah, I want the players to celebrate tonight, and they have to enjoy these moments. And I'll hook up with them shortly. But, um, you know, we'll get back to work then, unfortunately. Tomorrow I had a big game on Sunday. What does it mean to you, Vinny, to have led the team to the league title and the EA Sports Cup with a cup semi-final to come on Sunday? Yeah, listen, um, I suppose, as I said, it's more about friends and family. They're, they're the ones that know how hard you work. Like, I was on the hill up in Sacred Heart not that many years ago coaching um, because of when I played, I, I came out. And when you're not a big-name player, you have to do it the hard way. So I suppose it's probably great for young coaches and coaches at a lower level to say, if that fella can do it maybe I can and I hope hope it inspires a couple of more coaches and ultimately it's about uh, Irish football getting better and I hope people you know if it's 1B Leinster Senior League or when I went to Malahide uh, at Division 1 they look at that and say that, that could be a rule for me as well so I hope uh, this inspires for want of a better word other people to, to feel they can achieve ultimately what I've, I've achieved as, as you know the manager of this club and in terms of the performance in the game tonight, Vinny, I said to a couple of lads in the press box at about 35 minutes, that's Pell, your team was so good. Patrick Hoob and Preston passing the ball well, a couple of great goals from crosses, a really good 
performance to win you the league, even though Rovers got two in the second half, you won 3-2, but that first half, I thought we were very, very good. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in the last 10-15 minutes. That's not winning the league to Dundalk way, but at the same time, it probably adds to the occasion. And People watching on a Monday night are will they, won't, won't they? Uh, so probably that's the occasion but listen I thought we were I thought some of our attacking play tonight was really vintage and dark and then we had to show a little bit of metal they're good side rovers and they made it difficult for us in, at the end there but we caused our own problems with that second goal that's not us but um, you know we conceded two we were 13 goals conceded in the league before tonight so that's an area that you know we'll, we'll, we'll improve but Listen, special night. Fans took boys there tonight, and um, they, they, I asked for Royal to, Royal to be rocking, and it certainly was. And lastly, Vinny, um, a bottle of Coors Light away. So last one, EA, EA Sports Cup final, one League one, FA Cup semi final Sunday. Interviewed Liam Buckley on Sunday for the podcast this week as well. He's wanted a big showgrounds atmosphere like it was tonight to try and beat your team, and you've got to go again, lift your players after celebrating tonight, which I know you will do to go and try and get in the final. Yeah, I want to. I want us to celebrate tonight. Listen. We, we've been in the middle of Europe, we've been down in Coles, uh, way to Derry, way to Waterford and, and now away to Sligo. So if we're going to get to the FAI Cup final, we're going to do it the hard way. Uh, but the players, the players will be ready, uh, they will enjoy tonight, but we'll be here tomorrow and, and then we'll, we'll move on. And, you know, I, hope the, I hope the showgrounds are sold out. I think League of War needs and FAI needs good news story tonight. I hope it was a good night for people on TV and again, I hope it's a good night on, on Sunday. Um, for, for TV and, and, and the good of the game. Yeah, but there we shall have any best of luck. See you then. Well done. All right, thank you. So with Dundalk first team coach John Gill, John, a bottle of cores in the hand. We spoke at Richmond Park in the middle of the season before a European game and you weren't going for a point, you were going for an alcoholic Heineken, but tonight's the night to, to have a proper beer and celebrate the league. It is, Jamie. I haven't had much alcohol the last seven or eight months just with the schedule that we've had and you can't, can't be one of, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. So we, we, none of us have, but we'll enjoy a few sherbets tonight. It'll be tonight strictly. We're back in tomorrow for recovery at 12. And then we'll focus then on Sunday. It's it's a it's a pleasure to be around this group of players. Like we've turned around the 13 point deficit into a 28 point game. That says a lot about the players. We it was well documented. We had a huge amount of injuries this year in midfield. We just, in the midfield area, we've had four surgeries in the group, which again is unprecedented in any group that I've been around. But we've kept our heads down, kept working hard. I feel the players maybe haven't got the, the credit maybe they deserved. They'll probably get it now and they fully deserve it. But they're not only leaders on the pitch, they're leaders off it. You look at the, the gesture they made this week to Sean to Sean Russell. As a group, we decided to make a, a, a collection of, and we, 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 we donated a significant amount of money to young Sean. And that's what these players are like. It was They, they drive that on. So the leaders on it and the leaders off it. John, the staff, I just spoke there, Mike Tracy, the chairman, he was talking about the staff, yourself and Vinny and Rory Higgins and everybody else and you know how quickly you had to become a new group of staff in the off-season when Stephen F and you guys came in and you've led this group to the title and to the League Cup and to the FAI Cup semi-finals. Talk to us about that group that you're working with as staff. Well, listen, Stevie O'Donnell has to get a mention as well, Jamie, because Stevie, you know, the Pats have got a usually talented young manager in Stevie O'Donnell. We just had it, we clicked straight away when we came in. I didn't know Stevie O'Donnell or, or Rory Higgins that well. In fact, I didn't know them at all. Um, I knew Vinny a bit, didn't know Vinny that well. Signed him as a player and let him go. So when, when he asked me to come in, it was ob- for obvious, we all know the reasons why, but I felt I wasn't just going to come in just to you know, uh, make up the numbers. I felt I wanted to try and contribute something. I had other, I had previous offers to go into other clubs and it just it didn't feel right. Here it did. I, fe- I felt I could make a contribution. I felt I could help the young management team that was here. I feel I've done that. I've a huge, I have a huge respect for the players. I know they have a huge respect for me. And outside of that bubble, it doesn't really matter what other people think. And there have been other people with opinions on the way the setup was here. I think the setup has been, it's been vindicated tonight. I appreciate we're only probably 40 minutes after the game, John, but there's an FAI Cup semi-final to come on Sunday against Sligo. Um, Liam Buck is going to be on the podcast this week as well. He's hoping to win the game, get back to the Viva. He's a very great history in the Cup. But the Dock are going to try and win the Cup again, win the treble. And after that performance tonight, I'm sure you have lots of confidence you can go and do that. I think we did. I thought we were excellent tonight, Jay. I thought it was a great game. Yeah, well. I really did. I thought it was a super game. And great that it was on television in a way, although the night that was in it maybe. But it was a great crowd here, good atmosphere. But I thought some of the football from both teams was magnificent. Um, Bowles, uh, Rovers have a tricky, uh, uh, you know, a tricky assignment on Friday against against Bowles. We've a really tricky assignment up in Sligo. They've already turned us over there earlier on in the season, so we're going up there with no, you know, we know we know exactly what's ahead of us. But we'll we'll celebrate tonight. We'll get our heads down tomorrow. We'll work hard the next this next week, you know, and prepare properly for Sligo. This, this these group of players have already. They don't owe anybody anything, but they're on the cusp of creating something really, really special. And we want to try and do that as a group. And lastly, that special thing is an Aviva Stadium final again. It's a treble, which hasn't been done in years and years and years. Will that be mentioned in the build-up? Will it be mentioned before the match? Will it be mentioned at half-time if you're drawn or losing? It probably will be now, Jamie, because it's a realistic target now, I think. Um, 
I think as well within a remake to do it. It's funny, most of these players weren't born when the last tournament was done. I was playing in the league then, and I remember that Derry side, and I can name them 1-11 to 11 to you, because I played against them. So you, you have a real chance to, to leave a massive, massive legacy. Now, these players have already left a legacy, but what a, what a legacy would be if you could go and do a treble. It would be an absolutely superb achievement, and, and, and you know what, they deserve it. John Gill, you deserve it too. Enjoy the party. Thank you. Cheers, Jamie. Thanks a million. So, Dundalk's latest league winner, Sean Horan, keeping him from the party. So, Sean, thanks for your time. What does it feel like to be a league champion again? Yeah, it feels great. Um, look, it was a tough game. Um, but it's been a long time coming now with the, with the league. We're happy to wrap it up. And uh, yeah. yeah, look, it was a tough game. Rovers had really, really um, good spells. Um, they're a great side. So, uh, yeah, they put us under the cost for a while and we had to kind of ride it out. But... Look, nobody really cares um, about the performance. It's all about the results, so we've, we've won that now. So, Yeah, the opening goal, Michael Duffy's corner is perfect for you. Your timing is uh, just as good, and a bullet header past Adam Manis to put your team 1-0 up. Yeah, look, as you said, uh, Mickey's, Mickey's cross is unreal. Uh, it's not like him. But, uh, listen, uh, yeah, his cross is unreal. Was, and, you know, it would have been harder to miss it, but a bit of confusion in our box, and I just, we just you know, took advantage, so happy days. How good was the team performance? Like there were spells in the press box where we're going, particularly in that first half before you got the second goal where we're going. This is as good as Dundalk play against a top team. Really, really good. Like, um, sorry, say again. As in, just how how you felt the team played tonight, particularly in that first half. I yeah. said to the lads in the press box, maybe about thirty minutes in, how good you were with the ball, Patrick Hoop and pressing, just a real good, intense, proper performance to win the league. Yeah, look, first half I think we controlled it a bit more, and um, they did play well, but I think we defended well and. and they didn't threaten us too much, but um, you know, uh, second half I think was a bit, it was a bit more tilted towards them. They played, they you know, upped it. They had to, um, they got the goal back, and, and they put us under the, under the cosh for a while. And um, look, they had large spells of good possession, um, but thankfully, you know, they only they only got the two. So um, yeah, look, we're ha- we're happy out. And lastly, you'll face your old friend Liam Buckley in the FAI Cup semi-final on Sunday. Uh, a manager who wants to get back to the Aviva. He has great experience in the Cup. You know that from playing under him. Mm. What's your thoughts on that game? Yeah, look, Liam will love getting back to the Aviva if he does. And he's, uh, you know, he really drills into his players how, how good it is, how good a feeling it is to, to get there. So, um, look, we've, we've played up there a couple of times this year and it's been very tough, um, you know, especially with a packed crowd. I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be really tough. And um, they play good football and... Um, Obviously, one of the well-documented results, uh, you know, in a negative way for us was was up there that they beat us. So, um, look, it's a semi and it can happen, but we'll have to get back on it now this week and, um, you know, cut celebration short and, and, and go again. Sean, thanks a million. Congrats. Enjoy tonight. No worries. Cheers, Jamie. So, with Dundalk chairman Mike Tracy, Mike, another league title here at Oriel Park, a 3-2 win over overs. How are you feeling? Oh, ecstatic. I mean, everything. Emotional, ecstatic. I'm just so proud of these guys. I'm just, I'm so proud of this group. You can hear it in your voice. We're only probably 15, 20 minutes after the game. You were out there with the champagne. You were a proper part of the celebrations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've put so much into this every single day, and we just want to be perfect. We want to be perfect every single day since since last November. You know, we were issued a challenge last late last November. Vinny stepped up. All the senior leaders on the team stepped up, and, and we all decided that day we are going to be here today. So it's, it's just I'm so proud of the guys. Yeah, talk to me about the job that Vinnie Perth has done as, as head coach. He was on the podcast with me last week before the EA Sports Cup final. You've won that, you've won the league, you've a cup semi this Sunday. Some first season as a manager. It's incredible. It's got to be one of the best first seasons in, in managerial history in, in Ireland, and, and he's done it differently. He's, he, when you think of Vinnie, he's, he's not only managing players, but he's managing a whole team of backroom staff, of coaches, and, and he's such a great allocator of responsibility and keeping everyone together and upbeat. And it's just. You, you guys only see what happens on the pitch, and that, that's one day a week. But the six other days, you know, Vinny's ten times better. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah, I think every player that started the game tonight played in the FAI Cup final last year. The consistency of the squad, you guys were able to offer longer-term contracts. Vinny was able to sit down very quickly after Stephen left to identify who he wanted to keep. Some of them, the likes of Sean Gannon, were on three-year deals. And that's something that the Dock can do is, is keep the best players at this club, which is a massive thing to win leagues. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, we're a club that relies heavily on culture, and we have a great sense of culture and togetherness here. And so having guys be able to stay here for long-term contracts is, is, is massive to us. And, and to go out and do what we did last year, win the double, and then even have the conversation for a treble right now, is, it, it's crazy given the amount of games we've been playing the last several months. 
And Mike, your own role, you're very active on Twitter with the club. You've been at most of the games. I think you spent some of your time sitting in the US. How would you sum up your own role in the club since you've come in? And it's been a great couple of years in terms of trophies anyway. I, I get over when I, I haven't been at most of the games. I got, I got a wife at home. So okay. as they say, happy wife, happy life. So I, I, I get over here when I can. But but my, my job is, is to oversee and, and allocate responsibility and let everyone else do the rest of the work. You look at the work that guys like Martin Connolly and Mark Dillon are doing off the pitch and then on the pitch. Vinny and, and Andy Burton's played a massive role for us behind the scenes and just professionalizing the club and, and raising the standard this year. It's just watching all these guys grow, and they've all grown this year, and they all tell you that they've, they've made a huge leap this year. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah, Andy Burton and, and Mike Devon have been two people much talked about. Andy Burton, former Sky Sports presenter, is working as an advisor with the club along with his job in Bournemouth. And, and um, you know, we have a new chief executive in Mike who's worked in the UK and stuff, talk to, or Mark, to talk to us about their roles and why you brought them to the club. Oh, they just bring a breadth of experience. Both of them have been in the game for a really long time. And, and Andy, we obviously know at AFC Bournemouth, and Bournemouth is, is, is one of the most professional clubs over in the Premier League. You know, we were involved in Bournemouth for four years, and we were involved the first year that they came up, and, and they went from being a championship club to being a Premier League club overnight, just in terms of professionalism and, and how they think about things. Now everyone works together as one team. So having Andy has been massive. Mark obviously was at Brentford for years. Having him come over and, and integrate himself into the club and, and bring his experience has been fantastic for us. And Mike, lastly, you've got a cup semi-final on Sunday. Hopefully, from your point of view, a cup final again at the Aviva. Where does the club go next, given you know it's winning every trophy possible too? It's, it's you know got the biggest budget in the country. Talks about Oriel Park maybe being improved and stuff. There was a piece in the, pay, in the programme today about a possible ground share with Lowe GAA. From your point of view as the chairman, where does it go next? Europe. We've got to get better in Europe. That's it. We, we clinched the title today. Today we qualified for Europe next year. We're probably one of the first teams to qualify for Europe, so this means we have the most time to prepare for Europe next year. Given the turnover we had last season when, and the time it took for us to get our manager approved to get in, we start preparing for Europe in January. We're in late September now, and we're going to start preparing for Europe tomorrow. But that's the next goal. We want to go to group stages. This year we underachieved, but that's okay. When you underachieve, you don't really lose because you gain knowledge for the next season. So... Uh, focus on Europe starts tomorrow and then lastly in terms of this stadium I put up a tweet during the game it's an electric place to watch a football match when Dundalk are winning and when it's full but there are issues with facilities away fans I know you've improved toilets and stuff is there a plan to do more with the facilities for the fans at the ground yeah we're looking at what we can do to improve the facilities uh, we've already improved the facilities over there for the players and yeah we do need to make a better experience here but that being said we're not going to come spend five million dollars out of our pocket to build real estate on land we don't own. That just doesn't make sense. No one can tell me that that makes sense. Of course, we want to improve the ground and make the state experience better, but we need to work with the county. We need to work with government leaders. And like you said, this, this is a big part of this community, and we all need to work together to make this place the place that everyone comes to to get together and, and participate uh, with each other. Yeah, great stuff there. And thanks to Mike Tracy, Sean Hoare, Vinnie Perth and John Gill for their time just before they went and had a few beers and celebrated. Congratulations to everybody at Dundalk. You can watch those full interviews right now on youtube.com forward slash off the ball. You're on the Off the Ball League of Ireland podcast with myself, Jamie Moore. Now, Stephen Bradley, Shamrock Rovers, the closest challengers to Dundalk this season, but they're 15 points behind now with four games left. They do have an FAI Cup semi-final to come, a massive game against Bohemians on Friday. And Stephen spoke to me uh, in Oriel Park last night on uh, Monday after that game about the Dundalk match and also looking ahead to facing Bowes on Friday. The best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. So with the Shamrock Rovers head coach Stephen Bradley. Uh, Stephen, an unbelievable football match, 3-2 in the end. What was your thoughts on, on the game firstly? Uh, I think we've, we've lost the game on, on two really poor goals we give away in the first half. Um, and in big games and against really good sides like these, you cannot give away goals like that and expect a winner. Yeah, you were a couple down at half-time. The second one just before the break, the second header, you win 1-0. It's probably a much different game, a much different team talk for you. You have to change your thought process very quickly as the manager there. Yeah, it's a poor time to, to concede, obviously, right before half-time. But we're, we're really disappointed with the goals you give away. Set play, we've been really strong in them all season. And a uh, free header in the box, again, we've been really strong in that area. So we're really disappointed with the two goals in the first half. What do you say to the group at half-time? Because they scored after 10 minutes of the second half. Mm. I keep saying John Cavan's left foot is so good. His pass yeah. is brilliant. And Aaron Green finishes well and gets you back into the game. It was just we needed to keep believing in what we were doing. We knew we'd get chances. We got a lot of half-chances in the first half. And uh, we felt once we got one, we were back in the game. And, and, and thankfully, that proved to be the case. And they scored. Um, Michael Duffy's one of the best in the league. And I suppose a goal like that, from your point of view, is that type of goal stoppable? Yeah, of course. I think uh, Pico needs to get to the ball quicker. When, when you see a player of Duffy's quality on his right foot inside, you need to go and, and smell danger. And, and we didn't, and, and we got punished. 
what you think then at 3 2 when, when Aaron McInef scored? Dundalk make a mistake, you're, you're trying to press them on, night, he gets it one, and it's back to 3 2 again, and it, it swings in your favour. Yeah, like I said, I felt that there was never any problem with our play or how we how we are in the game. I thought we were excellent, but um, so us scoring didn't really change our mindset. We felt at half time we scored one, we were right in the game. It seems to always be the case in, in, in this time of the league that the team that could win it plays a team that's second, and one that wins it kind of, and the other team has to witness them celebrating and stuff like that. That's not an easy thing for your team to do. But I know you went and shook Vinny's hand. You said congratulations, which is something you just have to do. Yeah, no, look, the the best team always wins the league. Um, over the course of the season, that's why it's the hardest thing to win. Uh, so congratulations to Dundalk. Um, they deserve it. They have that little bit of know-how. Uh, but I'm really proud of my players and my team. Uh, we'll, we'll go again and we get stronger because it's, it's a really good group. I'm sure it's hard to assess the year now. You've still got a cup semi-final to come this Friday. But to be the next team to Dundalk, they've been so good. Your team's been so good. You were ahead of part of the season. The games between both teams have been quite tight. Your team has really, really improved this year, having been kind of third, fourth the previous couple. Like you said, yeah, we, we've we've pushed them and and uh, we've done well. We could have done better in certain areas of, of the season. But look, we'll we'll analyse it come the end of the season and uh, and really have a have a close look at. And you picked a, a full strength team tonight, given the cup semi against Bowes is, is on Friday. You didn't think to rest anybody, and it's all systems going out for that game. No, I feel the players on this team is, is at its best when it's playing games, regular basis, and I think we've shown that over the course of the season. So um, we have three days recovery. I think it's more than enough for, for professional players to be ready for Friday. What sort of words would you use to describe Bowsley Shamrock Rovers in a cup semi-final? Oh, it's going to be a, a fantastic game. Two good sides. Uh, sell-out, obviously. Uh, FAI Cup semi-final. You can't ask for much more. And, and uh, it's one we're really looking forward to. Yeah, it's a great game to, to just prepare for this week. I know it's a shorter week for you, but it's probably the biggest game in Irish football, the biggest derby, certainly, and it, there's a massive prize on the line. Yeah, uh, you have a chance to go to the Viva, obviously, um, but we'll we relax now, we'll, we'll, we'll recover tomorrow, we'll analyse and, and we go again. Are they enjoyable games to be involved in for you as a manager, like managing the biggest games around? Yeah, of course, big games, that's, that's what you want to be about. If you're not in big games, it means you're not doing something right, and, um, and, and we're in big games, so yeah, enjoyable. And lastly, there's been a debate the last while about where the semi-final should be, if it should be neutral. I would have loved if this game had been in Talisimbi because there could have been 8,000 that as opposed to 3.5. Do you have a view on that? No, I think everyone agrees that it could have been played in a different venue for, for um, obviously to get the attendance up. But uh, we've got to understand as well that they've got the draw, the home draw, and, and that's the way it goes. That's the cup you have to go on with. Stephen, thanks for being the best of luck on Friday. Cheers, thanks Jay. The best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. And I'm very happy to be joined via WhatsApp audio by the Bohemians midfielder and vice-captain Keith Buckley. Keith, welcome back again. Thanks for having a chat with us. Now, I'm sure everybody at the club is just very, very excited about this match. Of course, you have great experience last year getting to the FAI Cup semi-finals. It wasn't to be against Cork City, but you played them at home and away in an FAI Cup semi-final replay. So I'm sure that experience is everybody very, very excited heading into this Friday, Keith. Yeah, I agree. Um, what you're saying, that's one of the biggest games in the... Uh... In a long time in the in the league or, or the FEI Cup, as you will say. Um, I think maybe it would have been 20 to 30 years ago the last time the two of them faced each other. Um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to be involved in them, a couple of them, um, every year. I relish it, I love it. I've good experience of what happened last year and um, maybe a couple of others, but you know, as, as we've been hit with injuries, there's probably only two or three that have been playing over the last couple of weeks who were there involved last year, you know, because the seven or eight lads there in the last couple of weeks, it was the first game of senior football. So um, to them, yeah, they'd be excited for the week, I suppose, because it's the first year coming in and be involved in such a big game. Keith, your team has had such a good run against Shamrock Rovers, those eight games in which you won seven and drew one before Shamrock Rovers did beat you guys 1-0 in Tala in the last league game. But your record against them at Dalyman Park has been so good as well. Is that something that'll be in your mind heading into this game? And you have had the upper hand on them, no matter what anybody at Rovers said. You have had the upper hand on them in the last couple of seasons, and you'll be hopeful on the pitch between the white lines on Friday that that continues. Yeah, this is a different contest, you know. Um, I think form goes out the window completely. It's a one-off game, as you say, and because the stakes are so high, like the form previously in a couple of years means nothing, you know. So. It's a new game to both of us going in trying to win it and that's what we'll both obviously try and do and hopefully it'll be a good spectacle also while we're trying to um, get to that Viva. 
Now we know three and a half thousand tickets a sellout for Daily Mount on Friday. Bucko and both clubs have done their very best to try and get tickets to members and season ticket holders and regular attendees at the games. But we do know that this game could have attracted probably, I think, ten thousand fans. You know, if it had been in Tallah Stadium, it would have already been sold out there as well. And there were, you know, talks about maybe playing it in the RDS or Richmond Park or, or somewhere a neutral venue. Now we know that those talks were never serious because the rules state that a team is drawn at home, and clearly Bohemians are not going to give up home advantage because it's a massive. Plus for you guys to be at home. But what was your thoughts on kind of that debate? And, and I'm, I think maybe in, in, in future years, the FAI might look to, to hold these games at neutral venues so we can get bigger crowds, maybe do back-to-back semi-finals with both games live on TV and stuff like that. Uh, but for you guys, I'm sure you haven't listened too much to uh, the debate about the game being a daily amount at a, a reduced capacity of 3,500. It's, it's where we are as a club at the moment. Um, hopefully in a couple of years down the line, there'll be the redevelopment and then be available for um, big games. Hopefully... <coughs> If you keep on, if you keep progressing as a club and stuff, there'll be big games every week in the league and in the cup. But um, it, it, as I said, it is where we are at the moment. Obviously, I I reckon maybe at least twelve thousand probably would have sold tickets because of the demands of tickets for this game and probably hit the last time we met each other in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, like it'd be probably I think the Premiership they used to do that years ago in um, the FA Cup they used to play in a neutral ground and stuff. Maybe if you play to um two games in the Aviva in the semi-finals and also in the Aviva because it allows in some people to get a taste for it even though if they might not be successful it allows to get a taste of playing in that big um, big stadium big atmosphere you know Now European football would make a massive difference to Bowes it would probably be a game changer in terms of budgets and, and everything for next season Keith and maybe the following seasons as well and you know you got close last year in the end St. Pat's Pipsy at the fourth place which got Europe and you got to the FAI Cup semi-finals um, you can get Europe through the league this season. You're battling out with Derry and St. Pat's for those positions, but you can also get it and guarantee it by winning the FAI Cup. And I know you've got a semi-final to go, plus a final, of course, but uh, that would be a massive boost. And I'm sure it's a massive ambition of all the, of the players at the club and everybody at the club to try and make Europe via the Cup or via the league. Europe would be um, a huge achievement for us this year. You know, we have two goals this year is to get into Europe and into the, the final in the Vivi, you know. Um, a lot of people have written us off at the start of the season. We lost like five off the starting eleven that we were we done so well the second half of last season. We you know I'd argue that if a lot of teams throughout the league lost that many players and brought in young lads, not people who have experience in this league. A lot of them is their first year as senior football, as I said, and look how well how they've been coached and how well we've we've done so far up to now. But it does go to show you, Pat's beat is on goal difference last year, that every single game and every single goal counts. So you must be at it from every, every from the first match of the season to the last, because every point, every goal, every draw we say, every win counts, you know, it all adds up. Because it was sick to, to hear that we lost out on goal difference on the last game of the season against Dundalk at home, which we actually probably could have been up 2 or 3 1 um, in the first half, you know. Keith, finally. What would it mean to you to be playing in the Aviva Stadium final, not far from where you live on Pier Street as well? And, you know, it's the showpiece event of the League of Ireland season. And I suppose the added bit of spice could be you could get there by beating your major rivals, which would be another amazing thing to do. But to go and play at the Aviva, I'm not sure how many of the players or staff have been there before and the fans too. That has to be the ambition and the aim come whatever it needs to be done either on Friday and if there's replay needed as well. That would be a fantastic reward to get into that final, you know, after um, coming so close last year. You know, I don't think one person in the squad this year has... Um, achieved getting into a final or being involved in squads in a final you know so it would be new to all of us if you get there you know it's a tough tough task ahead um where Shamrock Rovers you know um yeah as you said about the rivals yeah it's obviously also always go beating your rival and if that means getting semi into a final that's good you know semi-finals are um as tough as it is you know whether against the rivals you know as you said Tundalk they're beating the closest rivals to win the league I don't think they would have chose anyone else to be because of how close they were so that's probably why um, this game is a little bit more spiced to it you know yeah Bowes against Shamrock Rovers on Friday and on Sunday it's Sligo Rovers against Dundalk at the showgrounds now we got the view of the Dundalk camp in depth earlier on on the podcast from their league winning night against Shamrock Rovers on Friday so it's time to hear now from the Sligo gaffer Liam Buckley you're on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast. It's Jamie Moore here. Very happy to welcome the Sligo Rovers manager, Liam Buckley, back to the show. Liam, how are you? Very well, thanks, Jamie. So, Liam, we're in FAI Cup semi-final week. You're going to host Dundalk at the showgrounds on Sunday. You had a great win over UCD on Friday night, despite having Ronan Murray sent off. So, a fantastic league win and all systems go now for the Cup week. Yeah, it was an important win for us. Um, obviously, beating UCD uh, from where we were down to 10 men after 20 minutes in the last played well. They really put in a good shift. 
Um, we're looking forward to the cup next weekend. Um, it's going to be obviously a difficult game. Uh, they're the top team in the league. They're going to win our league. They've won the league cup. Uh, they obviously have their own the FAI cup. So well, they're a couple of games away from that. So look at we know we're in for a difficult, difficult game, but look at we'll give ourselves some sort of chance. Yeah, myself and Liam are speaking on Saturday afternoon. So by the time this goes out during the week, Dundalk could be league champions, of course, because they play against Shamrock Rovers on Monday, and a draw does them in terms of, of that league. But for you, Liam, in the league as well, just on Friday, you had Ronan Murray sent off. You were still able to win the game at the UCD Bowl by two goals to nil. Um, and you must be very, very happy to have built some league points heading into this cup game. Certainly, our form has picked up in recent months. Uh, we have, I feel, got slightly better. Um, that said, UCD played well on the night as well. I mean, they had a few chances themselves in the second half. Obviously, they're, they're a, they keep good possession of the ball, the way they play. Uh, that said, I, I thought our fellas done really well. And it, it was an important, important three points, bearing in mind. Next weekend's game going to that with a bit of confidence. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good win. Liam, in terms of the red card for Ronan Murray, does that mean he's suspended for this semi-final or, or is it a league game that he misses? Um, I'm hearing two different stories, but at the moment we think it's he'll miss uh, the following league game, which will be against Shamrock Rovers at home. Okay, so you'd be hopeful to have him available because he's one of your your better players, a former Dundalk player uh, as well. Yeah, he's just a player Ronan, so please uh, God he will be available. Now, Liam, I know Sligo have been making a massive push all week and all month, really, since this semi-final was announced that it was going to be at home you know to get the place full and Dundalk will bring a big crowd too and some big work going on behind the scenes in the stadium the whole main stand I understand will have new seats come this game on Sunday as well and I know you'll be appealing to everybody in the Sligo area to come and support your team 100% um, I, I, there's plenty of excitement in the town up there we're, we're really looking forward to it uh, you know it, it's a semi-final listen you can play you can play well in semi-finals and lose and you can equally play poor and win uh, so look, it's going to be for grabs. Uh, we know it's going to be difficult, but look, I think I think everybody's looking forward to the game. It would it's one game away from the Aviva. It's like I've been there a few years back. Uh, there were brilliant occasions for the club, um, you know, for the supporters, for all our sponsors. Um, the whole town is fully alive, but, you know, and we're, the expectancy the expectancy is that listen, if we, our lads can just give it our best shot, that's all we can do, and please God, we can get through. And Liam, from your own point of view, the last time you were involved in an FAI Cup semi-final, you would have been the manager of St. Pat's and St. Pat's the club in Dublin with Shamrock Rovers and Bowes and Shells and so on. Have you noticed much difference around the town, albeit we are a week from the game, but just the fact that it's a Sligo, it's the only club in the town and I'm sure everybody when you're walking down the street or whatever is, is stopping you to wish you the best of luck? Uh, 100% they are, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's fan-owned their football club here and uh, they have been very patient with us this year. Um, and I know they're all looking forward to us. Uh, we've been honest to make sure we bust our absolute proverbials to, you know, give ourselves some sort of chance of playing well. Um, I've no doubt the lads are excited about us, and uh, please God, we will put in a decent performance. Yeah, I'm sure the showgrounds will be absolutely packed as well, Liam. And you've had some very good attendances this season. I think over two and a half thousand average at home games too. It'll be, you know, packed to the rafters on Sunday. What's the showgrounds like for you as the manager and the players when it's really, really full with Sligo fans? Oh, it's great. Uh, the atmosphere is fantastic. Uh, I remember going back a few years, Jamie, when St. Pat's went up there to play them with about three games to go at the end of the season and they needed to win to win the league and uh, went 1-0 them, 2-0 them, 2-1, 2 all. We've hit the post, hit the bar and then they've got Mark Quigley's, Mark Quigley's got a penalty. But I remember that occasion because of uh, the stadium was full. It was just gigantic. It was incredible. And I was, I was saying to everybody, if we could just get all the stadiums like this every week, we'd have a fantastic league. Now, we're hoping again we'll get a big turnout on the weekend and I'm sure we will. And uh, I mean, everybody's looking forward to it. And Liam, from your own point of view, you're a manager who loves the FAI Cup. You won it with St. Pat's back in 2014. That famous win at the Aviva, the first time in over 50 years that the club had won the Cup. I know you're not in the final just yet, but, but from your own point of view, you do have a great history in it and I'm sure you're very hopeful to try and lead your team back to the Aviva. Oh, look, we're competitive. We've got that competitive edge now. Um, I've no doubt it'll be a, a tricky game for both clubs the weekend. Um, I'm sure Dundalk are coming up, you know, expecting to win. Uh, you look at the panel of players they have and where they've gone, what they've done in recent years. Uh, from our end of it, uh, we've turned a bit of a corner in relation to, you know, being competitive and dogmatic about how we're trying to play and whatever. I've no doubt we'll put in a decent performance. Um, you know, and hopefully it's enough because it is a special day in the Viva. Um, as I said, you can you can play well and lose. You can lose. You can play poorly and win. And, you know, it's just a special occasion. So hopefully, as I say, we've we've a tricky match against some dogs. So look at let's see how we go and we can take it from there.
Yeah, and as I mentioned, myself and Liam speaking on Saturday, just wanted to get the interview done so we can focus on, on the game for the week. So, as I say, we won't have seen the Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers game on Monday, but Dundalk do have such a big squad. They won in Waterford on Friday. They'll play against Rovers on Monday and could win the league. But I suppose you're fully aware of you know, any 11 that Vinnie Perth picks will be a very, very good one for your team to face. But you have faced them a number of times now in the league and you'll probably know what to expect to a certain extent. Oh, look, they've got, they, they, they could put out two teams, Jamie, and they'd both be competitive in the Premier League. You know the kind of way from where we're at. Uh, we've played them four times already this season. Uh, recently, they've beaten us 2-0 uh, a couple of Mondays back. Uh, they won comfortably. Um, that said, we'd played in Cork the previous Friday, um, and it was a bit of a trek up and down. And that said, look, we've also played them in our place and won 2-1. They've only, lost, they've only had a couple of defeats themselves this year. Uh, one of them has been against us. We drew them at the start of the season. They've beaten us up in Oriel Park. Look, it just depends on the day. You need to turn up on the day. It's a semi-final, and if you don't, you're out. If you do, you've got some sort of chance. And Liam, from your own point of view as well, your squad, you know, a number of younger players in the group who've come through the club's academy, you know, Ed McGinty, the goalkeeper, for example, has done so, so well, and other players who maybe are a little bit more senior with the likes of David Cawley and Ronan Murray and others too, and it's a big day for all of those, whether it be one of the older players who maybe sees it as one of their last chances to make a cup final or one of the younger ones who wants to go and, and try and make it for the first time. Oh, look, it'll be equally exciting and for everybody, whether you're the younger lads or the older lads or whatever, it's more experienced players that we have. Um, it is a special day and a special day for everybody. You know, just age doesn't matter. It's just an occasion that you really want to, you, you want to try and get there. Now, I haven't been there myself over the years, uh, very in my age. Um, it is important that you know you can reflect back on these sort of days, and that's why it's important for us now this weekend. We've got to do everything we possibly can do to get ourselves through and, and see where the final takes us. And I know managers always speak about trying to keep the big match weeks as routine and as close to the normal match weeks as possible. You do have an extra day to prepare because normally, Liam, your home games are on a Saturday. This game is on Sunday because uh, Orti want to be able to show both games on TV, the Bowles Rovers game Friday and your own match Sunday. So will you make any changes to how the week works given you do have that extra day? Ah, look, listen, we'll have our normal schedule. We'll be in Monday, Tuesday, the air conditioning days. Uh, he'll be off Wednesday, his recovery in Thursday, off Friday. We'll train Saturday in preparation for Sunday. So it'll be a, a full week for us. Um, look, we're coming to the back end of the season. So, you know, you've got to just tailor your training around the matches and make sure you get through right through the end of the season. Not trying to build any fitness at this stage. Uh, so we just need to maintain where we're at and make sure we glide into the match uh, full of steam. And Liam, lastly, I've heard a lot of your interviews, you know, after games, all season really, and, and you've spoken a lot about trying to, you know, you're still trying to work with the group to try and get them to play the Liam Buckley way. And, and I know a number of players have already signed back for next year as well. But how happy are you with where the group is now, given you took over in the off-season, having been so long at St. Pat's? And, you know, if we look at the league table now, you're on 41 points, you're well clear of that bottom couple of spots and you're starting to go up the table in good form with a cup semi-final this weekend. So how happy are you with where things are at the moment? Um, I'm very pleased. Um, obviously, initially, when you take any job on, there's sort of you know learning curve in relation to the players and how to play and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we have improved. I feel you know as the season's gone on. Um, I definitely feel we'll be better for it next season. Uh, and if we can just strengthen up in one or two areas, you know we'll be a lot more competitive next year. Uh, but in the short term, we still got five or six games left. Uh, we'll start with Dundalk, and then we've got Rovers at home. We've got Shamrock Rovers at home. We've got uh, Waterford away. Um, Derry at home and bowls away all tricky matches but we want to be competitive in every game right through the end of the season and please God then into next season we'll be a little bit more competitive and hopefully in the top half of the table and I'm sure as well this cup semi-final has given the group a real focus for the final weeks of the season given that you're not going to finish in the bottom two or three and you're not going to make Europe leave so it's a great you know, chance and managers often say as well you know, the cup sometimes can keep seasons alive and that's certainly you know, been the case for your group Certainly will, yeah. Because uh, obviously, as you say, there we're not going to we're not going to make Europe this year uh, through the league. Um, obviously, if you could do it through the cup, um, it'd be you know there's two rewards. One is you get paid for Europe for next year, and the other is you've got you've won a semi final and you've won a final, and they're special occasions. So um, as I say, we've got to get over the first hurdle first, and we do appreciate we're not favourites. Uh, there'll be odds on favourites to win uh, against us. Dundalk will be, but that said. Look, I've no doubt they're allowed to be excited about putting a bit of performance and hopefully we'll step up to the plate. And finally, you mentioned the word excitement and occasion a couple of times. As a manager who's you know so experienced in the league now, do you still get as excited and would you still be on the same buzz this Sunday morning as you would have been you know, for previous big games given you've been doing it for so long? Do these, still, you know, these big weekends still mean that much to you? Of course they do. That's the way I do it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for all our players. I'm excited for them because I know that if you win, 
it takes you know, another month, you know, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the league from that end, but we've got to find an Aviva if you were to win. And, you know, having been there before as a player and a manager, they're great days, and I really get a, I get a great buzz out of my players playing well. And in fairness to them, they've put in a shift now over the last while, and they've, they've picked up, and we're, we're, we're slowly but surely getting better. We need to make sure we give a good performance now this weekend and see where we go from there. Great stuff. Sligo Boss, Liam Buckley, thanks for your time. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy the game. The best of luck. Thanks, Jenny. Cheerio, bye-bye. The best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. Now, finally, on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast this week, it's the man who played an unbelievable role in the League of Ireland over recent years, loads of years, with Shelburne, with Bohemians, with Waterford, and also a story career in the UK and with Ireland at under 15, 16, 18, 19, 20, 21, and B-level, a European Championship and World Cup uh, participant with Ireland in the under-18 teams back there in 98 and 99 as well, under Brian Kerr and Nola Riley. And this week, I sat down with the Shells legend, Dean Delaney. You're on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast. It's Jamie Moore here with a man who lifted the SSE Artricity League First Division title at Talca Park on Friday and has since retired from professional football at the age of 39. Dean Delaney, how are you? All good. All good, Jamie. Yep. Yep. Living the dream, as you say, at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Dean, I was at Talca on Friday. I was in United Park the previous Friday when you guys beat Rada to officially clinch the league title and you got to beat Limerick 7-0 and lift the trophy at your home stadium. You started the game. Ian Morris took you off after an hour. You were bowing down to the to Shelburne fans. How would you reflect on the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been uh, I didn't think it would be as emotional as it was on, uh, on Saturday, but... Um, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant for the, the core group of lads that we have. Uh, we have a real good collection of uh, players, which I'm sure Ian is going to try and tie down the next week or two for next year. But uh, I was delighted for them as much as anybody else uh, down in Drogheda, obviously, uh, for the likes of Johnny Watson, Joe Casey, people have been around the club for years. They deserve that, you know. And obviously with uh, Saturday, it was kind of carnival, a carnival atmosphere. So it was what we were trying to implement for fans to enjoy and players to enjoy and, and everybody. But for me coming off, yeah, it was... Emotional time, but it was perfect. Yeah, of course, the game was on Saturday, not Friday. Getting confused with the League of Ireland fixtures. We weekend, all the games took place on Saturday because all the first division games had to finish on the same night. So, the league is won and, and in the middle of the season, Ian changed the goalkeeper and I was at the game in Longford when it was your, your, your last start for a while and um, McCabe came in, did really well and you've spoken about, you know, you felt it was the right time for Ian to make that change. You actually had that conversation with him. What was that period like for you? It was difficult, obviously. Like, you know, um, it's, I'd made two or three mistakes in the space of eight games or something like that. Um, it wasn't me. It wasn't something I was comfortable with, especially being captain. And uh, I sat down with Ian. Ian's very approachable like that. Had a conversation with him and um, basically just trusted him and said, look, if you need, if you want to change, make the change. And it just so happened that we had UCD in the Cup during the week. So we both said, you know what, give him a run, see what he does. I played very well, uh, did what he had to do. And then, um, obviously, with the run of games he's had since, he's been rock solid, if you don't mind me saying. He's, he's been excellent. And uh, it's a credit to him because um, I had his back when he went in and, and I still do now, uh, where compliments are concerned. I, I was constantly at him after games saying, you've done this well, done that well. Just to, to, to let him know that he has a career ahead of himself, you know, and he's done really well. So, uh, no hats off to Cody. He's, uh, he's made that his own now at the moment. So, I hope he gets a chance to prove himself in the Premier next year. How hard was that for you, given, I think you've said recently that maybe playing one more year was a year too long and you were in a Shells team that was expected to win the league. You did make a couple of mistakes and you had to go and have the conversation with your manager to go, listen, put Collie in. Mm. Well, I mean, like the, the, the last uh, three years that I've been at Shells, I think that the first year I got player of the year and then last year getting a team of the year, which it's your... Uh, it's your colleagues that are, are, are appointing you to that position, you know. So that was a proud moment too. But I just feel going on the extra year was a bit too much playing was where it's demanded of you week in, week out, and especially being captain because you need to lead by example. You look at Larkin when he stepped in, how he led by example when he played nearly every game uh, since then. And uh, on the pitch itself, he'd be closing people down where left winger should be closing people down. And that's a captain, you know. It's very hard to implement that if you're in goal and you're making one or two mistakes and you can't really do much more, you know. So um, from that point of view, it was just, it was a time for it to be changed and uh, for me to reflect on it. But I'm kind of glad in the long run that uh, I did stay because obviously lifting the trophy was uh, was immense, you know. 
And how nice was it to start on Saturday and to play in a game, you know, result aside, brilliant 7-0 win, but just the place, you know, big crowd there and you knew you were going to lift the trophy at the end of it and you knew Ian was probably going to take you off and allow you to have that moment at Togo Park, a place where you've had so many memories over the years with the fans who've been there to support you. Yeah, obviously, given uh, I think that the, the league was won the week before, uh, it was nice to have that moment and I sat down and spoke with Ian and, and we kind of said, look, Maybe it'd be a nice thing to come off uh, towards the back end of the game, provided the game is going all right, you know. Uh, luckily enough, we were, uh, whatever it was, five, six up. Uh, so it, it was um, it was a nice moment. But we were trying not to be disrespectful to Limerick as well because you, you don't want that. And I think even when we got the panel, a couple of fans were shouting out for me to take. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do that, you know. That's that's not me. It's uh, it's unprofessional. So, um no, uh, the way the way it went, like I said, to you, it was perfect. It, it was uh, for me. Uh, look, looking back and reflecting on it, uh, it couldn't have gone any better. I couldn't have dreamt it up better myself. So um, the way the weekend and the night, it, it's in particular itself went. It was uh, it was per- perfection personified. All the peace. I recorded a video when I knew you were coming off, and like the pitch stopped. Every Shells player ran down to give you a hug. The Limerick players applauded you off the pitch. The fans, the bench, you had a moment with Johnny Watson, a big hug, a moment with Collie McCabe, a moment with Ian Morris. Yeah. That's a very nice few minutes for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, like I said, uh, it was in that particular moment that it was emotional. Uh, coming off hugging the lads and you're embracing the lads and coming off and even the likes of Johnny Watson who's been there with me for the 11 years that I've been there. He's seen my ups, he's seen my downs. Uh, very emotional time, you know. But you're trying to keep it together. Obviously, there's the back end of the game to run. So now, and then after that, it was just a, a melee of madness. You know, it was it was crazy, but it was enjoyable too. So uh, now, I embraced the whole lot of it, uh, the emotions and and the and the laughter and uh, and being and being swanned around on someone's shoulders. I embraced the whole lot of it because that's what it was there for. It was there to be enjoyed. So now it's all good. And a lovely photo of you giving a big kiss to the Shells crest on the wall in yeah. Talca somewhere. Uh, it's on the Shells Instagram page if people want to see it. Um, how emotional were you at that time when, when maybe kind of the majority of the crowd had left and you were still in the kit so you were about to go to the pub to have a few points with the lads but you maybe had that moment where you're kind of leaving the home dressing room there for the last time as a player? Yeah, that's when we come back up after the second time of being out on the pitch and um, I think I was talking to one of the lads and, and, we, and I don't know who it was at the time but uh, we, we walked away and we being Jack Brady actually I was just chatting to him you know telling him to keep going blah blah blah, blah. walked away and uh, and somebody said to me how much do you love the club and I, I just it just so happened that the crest was beside me and I said this much and just kissed and somebody caught it on camera so it was great yeah perfect and as a 39-year-old Elfala, how was the party with all the young fellas over the last couple of weeks? Were you able to keep up with them? No, no, I think we lasted until about 2 in the morning. The rest all went to the early hours, you know. Uh, for me, uh, it's, it's a hard thing. We had the kids the next morning as well, so I promised them we'd have a day out if everything went well, So which we done. Um, I didn't want to spoil that on them either, so... Yeah, you've won league titles with the club in the Premier in 2004 and 2006 and, and spelt 0-8 to 2012 there and came back under Owen Heary in, in 2017. Like, lots of memories over those eight or nine years. How does winning the first division at the end of your career kind of compare to maybe the league titles in the Premier at the start and, and the stuff in the middle when there was obviously lots of time in the first division as well? Yeah, well, I think at the start, like, you're kind of expecting it to be here in, year out. You know, at the, at the particular time, we had an unbelievable team, so we were expecting that to be a year in a uh, year out thing much like Dundalk now but it's just the way the finances were run at the, at the time that's what ran us into the ground you know that probably would have sustained itself only for that but uh, there was that that was that was brilliant that was only the start for me uh, coming in then uh, I think we we got promoted and got to the FAI Cup final that year but we lost we lost both of them and that was really disheartening uh, the year before that I think was under Dermot Keeley where we got beat by Limerick um, funny enough in, in the last minute that was heartbreaking uh, then what did we have we had a promotion against Fingal against uh, Fingal yes yeah, so there'd be playoffs against Fingal and stuff like that so like, it was it's been up and down like, but uh, Saturday night was definitely uh, a most memorable night I'll probably remember for the rest of my life you know it's it's, it's up there definitely up there as a, as a, uh, the top two two or three memories that I'll, I'll take with me to my grave you know and I'm sure it's a lovely wrap on your career too, given all the clubs you've been at from, from when you went to the UK as a kid and, you know, you went to Everton, Port Vale, alone at Macclesfield, three spells at Shells, you know, those Champions League games, of course, a couple of spells at Bohemians as well and a, sh- a short time, I think, in Waterford and all those Ireland underage games too. But to have a, a league-winning night at the very end is something I'm sure you look back on when your own kids have grandkids and stuff or whatever to go, 
that was great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. It's about medals on, on the on the cabinet, you know. Uh, that's what you're going to show them at the end of the day. But even getting pictures with them and stuff like that, and for them to witness Saturday, because uh, uh, they're at that age, they're nine and four, where they can take it in and probably absorb it a bit. It's a uh, it's a phenomenal for me for uh, for them to enjoy that experience too. I'm sure it feels like you've left a club that's in a good place and only going to go hopefully to higher up places. Yeah, I think going forward the club is in a healthy position. Uh, it's it's long as they, as they embrace that and uh, and dream it all up again. You know why not? Uh, it's all ahead of them now at the moment. Like I said, there's cups to be won. There's uh, there's high positions in the league to be won. And uh, I mean, give it a few years and and lay the foundations and why not have a go at it again? Yeah, I see. Even this week they're advertising for a sponsorship person to work with the club along with the you know the chief executive and, and the commercial manager to try and help the club because it's been a long time in the first division as you well know and, and to go back up they want to stay up but they also want to try and get the stuff right off the pitch and, and we've got to move to, to Dalyman coming in the, in, in the coming years as well and at the moment for them I'm sure Ian Morris and the squad he wants to just nail that down and, and, and try and have a good competitive squad as you know in the Premier they, they want to go up and, and try and stay there Yeah I think the core of the, the squad now at the moment is, is really really good really healthy uh, a lot of young lads there that have a lot of potential it's important that they embrace that too and, and go on and, uh, and, and try and prove themselves I'm sure he's going to add a few experienced players there you're going to need that in the Premier you know that's a, that's a given so it'll be interesting to see what he does in the market but I think he'll keep the core of the team 80% of the team that's there how much will you miss being a footballer? Uh, I don't know. You'll have to ask me in six months. Um, it's The plan is to step away from her for a while and see what happens. Um, for me, it's I've been doing it for so long now since I was 16 at this level. So I want to walk away for a little bit. It's not to say that I won't listen to people that want to talk to me or whatever, but uh, and see where it goes, see what interests me. Because if I am going to get into something, I want to be full on with it. And uh, I don't want to be um, half-arsed, as you say, and stepping in with one toe. You know, So I, I really want to give it my, my all when I decide. Yeah, because you're working full time for on post. You just finished a day's work still in, in the on post gear here. Yeah. We're sitting in my car outside the Red Cow Hotel, and you've done your kind of first week of work, not having to train in the evenings and not having to worry about a match at the weekend too. And you've got your family and your kids and stuff, and you've spoken about that. So, will that be nice over the next while to, to have the job in the day and, and the family as opposed to having to train three nights a week and, and head to somewhere across Ireland on the Friday night or whatever? Yeah, Jamie, it's going to be interesting, you know, uh, to take in games. I think I'm going over on Friday now uh, with my old man to watch the game. So, uh, the looks of that be interesting. Uh, just stuff with the kids, you know, we're getting out. Like I said, they're at that age, they're nine, they're four. And the stuff that I want to do with them that I've been meaning to do for a while. And uh, we can go and enjoy that where there's no looking over your shoulder thinking you're training or even match uh, in, at the weekend or in the coming days. So it's there to be enjoyed and that's what I, I fully intend to do. Have you done any of your coaching badges? Is that something that interests you? No, no, it's something that it's... Uh, if I am going to get into coaching, it'd be more along the, the underage kids, you know. That's where I feel I can help. I can, uh, I can encourage them to, to go on and... Uh, and pass on my experience and for them to go on and if we if, if we do uh, give them my experience that they, they could like I said go on and, and achieve things you know uh, hopefully taking on the knowledge that I give them but uh, no that's down the line for me it's it, it's uh, it'd be a while away but uh, it's something that's in my mind it's a seed to be sown so they say yeah, well, Stephen Henderson, I had him on the podcast a few weeks ago as the uh, academy director, Charles. If he's listening, he might be ringing you very soon. So, Dean, that's the end of your career. Back to the start and just doing some research this morning. Your Ireland underage career from 15, 16, 18, 19, 20, 21 and B international level. And I watched Care's Kids on Air Sport a little while yeah. ago and you're in that and talking about Brian Care. And I was on the last ever youth cert that Noel O'Reilly did before he passed oh, away. Yeah. And he's yeah. actually great. He's graves beside where I live. So I go and see him the odd time and, you know, a massive influence on me as a, you know, as a football person and for you too watching those highlights of the of the 98 under under 18 euros and the 99 world cup in nigeria um tell us a little bit about that and of course the 18s was in cyprus and working with those people and and, and the squad of players that have that have you know were 18 then and are now superstars like you were uh, the phenomenal team again at the time you know uh, what we achieved was was uh was phenomenal uh, it really was it totally exceeded itself uh, i think we got beaten the second game by england but we still qualified by beating croatia and then to go on and beat germany who well, highly fancy to to hammer everybody, you know. Uh, was phenomenal, and uh, the players that were there, you had Robbie Keane, Richie Dunn, Steve McVale. I can go on and name name after name after name who who was uh, going on to have a great career. But uh, they are memories that I took from a long, long time ago that I still hold today, and I'm hoping that's what Saturday will be for me in the in the years to come. That uh, they're great memories and uh, they're there to be enjoyed, and the things to be spoke about like we are doing now, and possibly when we kids when we get older. So uh, no, it's stuff that I embrace, and I, I'm always willing to talk about and um, and look back on it uh, with fondness. 
I know you spoke about it in the Cares Cure documentary. If people haven't seen it, they should watch it because it's, it's fantastic. But like being an 18-year-old playing for your country in somewhere like Nigeria in a World Cup or in Cyprus the year before, like when you look back again now, like 20 years on, like the experience of that is something that you'll never do again. And, and again, working with Brian and all and the players and stuff, it just must be something where at times you look at the photos, you look at the videos and you go, my God, that was an amazing time to be a young footballer for my country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, representing your country at the time, especially in the World Cup, uh, was phenomenal. Um, it's it, You kind of probably passed it off at the time that it was a given, like I said to you, that you probably thought you were going to qualify every tournament and be involved in them. But uh, no, I, I think I remember at the time embracing it, that, that it, it was phenomenal from the point of view that we were training in slums or close to slums and we were going out and playing in 20-odd thousand seater stadiums. It just didn't make up. And I think that's what I was saying, that we an awful lot of us grew up uh, over there. And I think if you ask any of the other ones that, that played there too, they, they'll admit to the same. But uh, again, another phenomenal experience that uh, I forever take with me. But that was a huge part of me growing up as a person and, and being humble with, with, uh, with what I achieved and, and how I got on in life. So, uh, I, I mean, that was a lesson in itself, you know. And in the middle of your career as well, you spent a couple of seasons with Bohemians and you'd be asked the daily on Friday, I'd be there myself watching the game against Rovers too. And for any Bowes fans, listen, you spent 2013 to 2016 there. Again, an interesting period for that club and, and you're a goalkeeper who the fans will fondly remember from your time there too. What do you remember about that? Yeah, you had great times, you know. Uh, I remember the, the, the four years there in total, you know. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I, I feel that uh, I did get to win them over in the end, even though I was a Shells player coming in. Um, had a good rapport with them towards the end as well. Obviously, Shane came in, done really well, and uh, he was a phenomenal keeper in, in himself. And with me moving on to Shells and, and Shane going the way he did, I think the following year, the both of us were in team of the year. So I guess that was a mark for for, for him and myself to give a nod to each other and say, no, we, we can still do it, you know, at, at, this, at the age that we were at, or, or the, the level that we were at too as well. So, um, no, it was good times, you know. To, I'm, I'm very fond of uh, the Bowes fans. Uh, they gave me, like I said, a good reception. And the home games that we had, there was always a, a thousand there that would be there to watch and put you under pressure to perform, which I hope I did most of the time. Yeah, I had Michael Owen in the studio last week about his autobiography and I asked him about going from Liverpool to Man United. Mm. Well, he actually went from Real Madrid to Man United but having been at Liverpool and the decision he had to make. Like for you, being at Chelsea three times and being at Bowes and those clubs, if we're honest, don't like each other, the fans don't like each other, etc. Yeah. You know, how did you... Your, I suppose your thought process at, the, at that time and you mentioned trying to win over the Bowes fans and then going back to Shells having been with their main rivals. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you, you look at that, Jamie, like it's... it's uh, it's a thing that's going to have to be solved in the future because if they're going to ground share, they'll have to they'll have to sit down and and uh, and have a look at those things. But where the fans are concerned, I'm hoping it's just uh, you know like it's jovial banter that it doesn't get too serious because you don't want it to go uh, you know frighten kids from going to games. That's where where it's at. That's where we're looking to get kids to go to 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 embrace that and um, and get the crowds up and for them to you know want to achieve those things too. Um, I think going forward, I think they can do that. So uh, it remains to be seen, but. Uh, Hopefully they do get their heads together and, and approach it the right way. Yeah, and great to have shells against Pats, Bowles and Shamrock Rovers. Four Dublin Derby fixtures this season. That's going to be like 16 games because they've played each other four times and that should be brilliant, particularly at Talker Park with that far side um, being you know full of away fans too. Did I read online that you were in a band when you were younger? Were you a drummer yeah, or something? No, guitarist? no I, I mucked around with a band when, when I was... Um, when I was in school, uh, good friends of mine, and uh, to believe or believe or not, we had a chance of going serious, but it was just the way things uh, fell out with uh, with, with lads, uh, with jobs and that, like and time given. You know, obviously, I, I was, I was, we could give very little time to it. It was just a, a token gesture, but uh, no, it, it was good crack at the time, and uh, I think it was something that we all wanted to do. You know, we, we all grew up around the, the period of Oasis and stuff like that, so it was a nice box to tick to, to get it done. And, and not be still playing, trying to play guitar and be a rock star when I'm 40, 50 years of age, you know. I was just going to say, is something you have a little bit of spare time you might go back to? Might do, might do. Might create a band, you know, get a few of the lads together and, uh, and see what happens, you know. <laughs> It'd be fun, all right. And lastly, you're, you're working full-time with Unpost in the mornings and had Chris Lyons on before. Actually, they played you guys and he similar time in the afternoon. He took a phone call because he'd been up all morning working and he said he was going for a nap in the afternoon to go and play football in the evening. How has that balance been and you're are a football player now who's kind of years into a career away from football which I'm sure now that you have a wife kids mortgage will help you that you have been able to at times I'm sure struggle to balance both but now yeah. you're in a position to, to be established in, in on post if that makes sense Yeah although I'm there 11 years you know uh, and I really enjoy the job because it's an outdoors job I couldn't see myself sitting in, in, a, in, a, in an office you know at a computer all day it, it just wouldn't suit me uh, my personality I like being out and, and you know 
in, in the weather. I guess like being a footballer, you're used to all that kind of weather, you know. So uh, that will never be a problem. But uh, I don't think it's a job I'm going to change. I think I'll stick with it and then the coaching will have to marry into that. So, uh, no, um, it's a job that I picked years ago that did marry into playing full-time football or part-time football. So it's something that I will remain to, to do. And um, where the coaching's concerned, I can do that in the later hours. It's just the way the hours work. It's perfect. It goes hand in hand, you know. And lastly, how will you be as a former footballer now, as a fan, when you go and watch games? Like, you'll, you'll watch the game this, this week and you'll have no kind of allegiance either way. I'm sure when you go to watch Chelsea, you might be a talker for the first game back in the Premier or, or a derby and you'll be there as, as a supporter as opposed to a player. Yeah. Is that something you've thought about? It's something I'm looking forward to, you know, to seeing it from, from the other side. You know, when the shoe was on the other side of uh, sitting in the stands and criticising everybody <laughs> or uh, going along with it, you know. But uh, no, it's, it's something I'm looking forward to, to see how the lads get on next year and, uh, and show me support, you know. God knows uh, players have done it for me and fans have done it for me so it's, I think it's time to give it back as well Great stuff well pleasure talking to you pleasure watching over pleasure the years Dino thanks you. a million for your time and enjoy retirement Cheers thanks very much Jamie pleasure absolute pleasure Now that is it for another week on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast thank you very much for listening and to all of our guests just one game in the Premier Division this week it's Derry City against Cork City that game is at 7.45 at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium that's an important game for Derry's quest for Europe and you would have to say that it is likely now that Cork will survive and won't be dragged into that uh, battle at the bottom. So, yeah, for them, they can't be good points, but the probably pressure is off a little bit. The FAI Cup semi-finals, times and dates. The first one, Bowles against Shamrock Rovers, 7.45 at Daily Mount on Friday. That's live in RT2. And the other one on Sunday is Sligo Rovers against Sundock. And that game kicks off at 5 o'clock. Thanks to all the guests, folks, and we'll speak to you next week. See you, bye-bye. That was an Off The Ball Podcast Network presentation. 